I'd like to tell Tupac to keep his guards up. We riding with him. Any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. Maybe you can hum the theme song Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong While the memory's not too strong There's a piece of you from a time long gone So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain Question we ask is still the same To the treasure or just plain lame Is this still good? <laughs> Welcome back to Is This Still Good, a podcast that is uh, subtly about me mentioning that I got a new cat and I'm pretty excited about it. Hey. Congratulations. Gavin, what is this? Get off the keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I'll, I'll get us back on track here. I also got two new cats. They're very sweet. Oh, congratulations. This isn't about your cats, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where we remove nostalgia goggles. And revisit things that we grew up with and uh, evaluate their place in our hearts and greater society, I suppose. Just get better at that each time. (laughs) (laughs) And is it just us that that do this, Gavin? No, occasionally we have guests along. And today we have a returning guest, uh, Thomas Churchill. Would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) Hello. Yeah, that's a good Good introduction, recurring guest. Uh, I'm Thomas. I, you know, I do some writing. I do some rapping. You might know me as Al Patron. I'm, I've been interested in hip hop for a long, long, long time. So yeah, I'm down to talk about it and talk about this, this interesting diss track. Well, but and you so probably know him from our most popular episode, Space Jam. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Sage, I think you brought the, the thing that we're discussing today. Do you want to intro it? Yeah, this is uh, Tupac Shakur's Hit Em Up. Maybe the most violent song I've ever heard. Yeah, it is a searing, searing diss song. And uh, yeah, I just, can I just give a little disclaimer? I think it's a, a beautiful, like, incredibly violent song that, like, unfortunately led to, like, a sad ending for these two artists eventually. Mm-hmm. But besides that grim loss, I think this is like a crazy lineage of events and songs. And like, once you get into this rabbit hole, it's just like, you're going <laughs> to hear some like some crazy, crazy tracks. Yeah. And as long as we're doing disclaimers, so this is a, a podcast that has uh, I like a, a it, loose relationship just, just with, to, just to drop that really quick. You said disclaimers and I, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> I believe it was. And I just wanted to give props where props were due. But disclaimers uh, about our, our disc discussion. No, keep explaining it. <laughs> yes, yes. So that I it's, get it's, it. It's very And clever. then I'll explain it to the audience. And then everyone will be on the same page. I appreciate Fuck that. you, Gavin, my 4-4. Make sure all your kids don't grow. West side. No, my disclaimer is this is a podcast that has a loose relationship with uh, cursing in general. We're talking about a a very angry and violent song, and there may be more cursing than than normal. At least two of us will not say the N-word. That I can (laughs) promise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's unfortunately that Hit Em Up is a part of the story about the loss of two black men in this community of hip-hop. But 
fuck if this is not one song that like can energize you in a way that like it'll take you to another level because Tupac he's another he's another type of MC there's no one quite like him yeah and so yeah for him to have a diss song like this that's just <laughs> no punches yeah. pulled I'll just say no punches were pulled before we before we like really slice it up I'll just say that and Gavin, well, to put this in, is this still good terms? Uh, as an MC, I would say he's three to four young MCs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Sage, when when did the song enter? Like, you know, this was just really all throughout Alaska. This track was just blasting, right? <laughs> yeah, this uh, was the hot track of 2004. <laughs> Does Alaska identify as West West Coast, I believe. In, it in is the technically West Coast. I always described Alaska as like it's oh, Canada dang. meets Texas. Is that where you're from? Yeah. Did that okay. come up on okay. Space Jam? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're for sure in the West Coast territory as far as like if we were to rewind back to 94 to 96 when this was all happening, Alaska's definitely on the West Coast side. You're, you're, <laughs> we're taking as many people as we can on this fight. <laughs> West side. Now, um, did do, do you did you have did you know any local rappers in Alaska? Was that a thing? Um, no, <laughs> no, I can't think of a single person I knew rapping. I think I went to college for the first two years at University of Alaska, and I would see like uh, <laughs> here's how here's how I will describe Alaska is there was a moment on campus. Uh, where there were there were two black guys, one of them with like a speaker, and they're looking around at just all the white people around them. Get off the keyboard. <laughs> and one of them just says to the other, "Is like, man, we are on the wrong campus." That is and fantastic. That's how I describe it. It's a good story. Uh, so no, as usual, okay. a long way around to say no. Fair enough. I so I don't it. know. I think Tupac is the thing that I kind of sought out. Okay. After the fact, I was not listening to Tupac at five or six. Um, I did not see Juice till I was in my 20s. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely here. sought out Tupac and Biggie in high school when I kind of discovered rap well past the time I'm supposed to discover rap. <laughs> yeah, like, I eased in through, like, you know, weird people like Nappy Roots and... Like, yeah, I know. Early Lupe Fiasco and stuff, and then eventually I got mm-hmm. to Biggie, and I really resonated with Biggie because I was like, "Yo, lyrical this," and just like the way he raps. And I remember liking "Kicking the Door" way, way back in the day, and like, "Oh yeah, this is a skit." I usually skip the skit because, like, back in the day, I was like, "Oh, I hate hip hop skits. They're yeah. stupid. They're really dumb." But now, in the conversation of hit him up, I'm like, "Okay, this is actually is a skit that is a diss yeah. towards Tupac," and it's like, "Dang!" Like, I had like, like no idea, but you know, I was. As I get older and I discover more about Tupac, it's really, really interesting to kind of see where these things kind of appear subliminally and then like very, very brashly, explicitly. <laughs> explicitly in like, we're going to get a, a Biggie impersonator to like, and we're going to like mock him on camera. It's like a whole nother level of like escalation. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the escalation that happened in the like just one to two years before this song came out and before both of them were murdered. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's absolutely insane. Okay, so for those who don't know, basically Tupac was in New York City in '94, and he was uh, he was recording in the studio. On his way out downstairs, he was shot five times, and so he recovered from that. And then very shortly after that, Biggie's first album comes out, and he has a song called "Who Shot Ya." And so that song is like 
the first little bit of like paranoid, like taunting kind of spark in this whole kind of thing. Shot you is not something I know about because I always look at this through Tupac lens because I'm I'm definitely more of a Tupac fan than Biggie. I I love them both as as lyricists and um, certainly like I can't think of any other contemporary rappers with that flow. Like they're just so far above all of their friends, all like outlaws of Junior Mafia yeah, appear on their yeah. songs that they make Biggie or Tupac look a lot better by comparison. Yeah. You're so, like they're um, super deep in like this posse yeah. era in the beginning of like the '90s, mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, like if you have the ability to put eight bars together, you like all right, you get a verse, you get a like, <laughs> yeah. like you're like you're on the you album get a cover. Deal, like, you like, get you're, a record deal. like you're gonna be on stage like on every single you know tour stop and everything. And so like if you can watch some of those old performances, it's like you get Tupac and then he's quite literally surrounded by a posse of people who all have microphones and it's just like, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> they were literally rolling deep. And so yeah, oh, yeah. So quite quite a few individuals involved. And so yeah, Who Shot You is interesting because it's really laid back. It's kind of like, you know, poking fun it's like a more like godfathery kind of thing where he's just like mm-hmm. he's not getting he's not he's not really slinging mud he's more just like saying very slick sly indirect things and yeah. so yeah when tupac finally kind of gets on his feet with uh death row that's when he's like okay i'm about to respond to this and like i'm yeah. pissed i'm pissed off yeah at the end of the day tupac just had more songs which is probably why i gravitated to or he had he had better songs because he had more songs like correct me if i'm wrong biggie had two albums and then died yeah is that that is correct um yeah uh not sure as far as like overall discography and library but if i had to guess okay. i would say um i think the output of tupac right after he got out of, out of prison was like legendary where he was like known to just be like i'm just gonna record and record and record and it's up to you yeah. guys to do all the stuff afterwards and so which is why he ended up having five platinum albums after he died yeah it's absolutely wow. yeah it's absolutely phenomenal because he just like it's you can watch old videos because they filmed all this stuff for like death row behind the scenes footage but he's just like in the, in the studio just like I'm I'm here to rap. Like I'm gonna do this, and then it's up to y'all, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers, to like, do all the editing and like mix the song and put on the beat. But like I'm not gonna be here forever. That's the thing. He was very yeah. like aware and kind of like yeah. pr- prophetic with his own time on Earth, which is also very grim and sad. But he's just like, yo, like I'm not gonna be here forever. I'm gonna be in the studio for you know this chunk of time, and that's when you got me. And so, yeah, that's why there's yeah. more diss songs that kind of happen late later after, which is like even more of a mind fuck yeah that that is because you sent a few tracks to us to listen to just to expand our knowledge of the art of the diss and i well and i I realized like some of one of the tupac ones that was sent to me was released posthumously yeah and you know that's it's deeply sad it came out like seven days after he died yeah yeah and then they just throw together and yeah they throw together an album and release it and i it's 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 weird to listen to a posthumous record in general but like to listen to the one that is so angry as well like it's you know he doesn't he really he goes in hard every time yeah and it's i guess it's worth pointing out the one we're talking about isn't uh under the name of tupac it's under the name of machiavelli and it's like tied into Mm -hmm. this whole don cluminati character of him like 
being resurrected, the whole seven day theory. And that's that, you know, that's 10 other podcasts right there talking about all of those events, but kind of I mean, focusing on. If you were on, able to give like yeah. any sort of <laughs> brief summary of uh, the, the characters that Tupac created largely while he was rapping in prison. Oh, uh, I don't know. I th- that's the only one I know about. That's, you know, I know more about kind of the main narrative of, you know, where he came mm. from and how he ended up in that fatal Las Vegas incident. But besides like the characters and kind of more nuanced things, I'm not too much sure. I know he's Gemini and so he has two sides of his personality, you know, so there's <laughs> the, the viciousness and then like, you know, dear mama on the other sides. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brenda's got a baby. Some yeah. of those songs are sub- so sweet and uh, just carefully plotted. And, yeah. uh, and then there's hit of <laughs> about how he plans to murder Biggie and all of his friends. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I wanted to note out, I think it's kind of, it falls in the line of these older tradition of 90s diss songs where they say the person's name straight up and they're (laughs) like, we're not going to like dance around it. That's kind of happening more recently. There's some diss songs out even right now that are like, you know, one rapper kind of poking at another but not saying it directly. And so... These songs are, are very special because they're like, it's, you get like, fuck Biggie Smalls. And like, yeah. I don't want to repeat too much of it because, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's some, yeah, uh, misogynistic, some really angry. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. It's, it's everything. It's all that like unhinged kind of anger. And it's, it's quite a lot. And the, the video is funky. It's like, you know, like this in your face, fisheye lens, you know, dancey mm-hmm. kind of video. And it's just like, <laughs> so was this, was this a single? Because it's obviously not something I listened to on radio growing up. But there is a music video to it, which makes me think it was a release. Yeah, the answer to that is yes. And apparently this just dropped right on, you know, May, June, you know, right when it's nice and warm. And he was just feeling it. And it's just like in between his first release, Out of Prison, which is All Eyes on Me, which is in February. And then Machiavelli came out seven days after he died in September. So this is like the last like okay i'm here and fuck you like this is like the the real response because there's i guess some other tracks but this was like his big middle finger to biggie i live by the sword so you die by my gun <laughs> yeah yeah and then like like calls in the homies to have some verses too yeah they're not the greatest of mcs but it's it's kind of <laughs> this song would have been much better if it was just uh just tupac i found I found so there is apparently an original version of this that uh, I would say that about a lot of Tupac songs actually, but continue. That there's like an original version that got set up, or no? I would say it's it would be better if it was just Tupac on it. Yeah, there's, no, there's I feel some... that about most things, even like the one with Snoop. Snoop still getting overshadowed by by Tupac. I paint a perfect picture, bomber suckers with precision. My intentions to get richer with that and double O P. Dog, my closest homies, it's so cold we dispose our foes. Show no, I keep my hand on my gun because they got me on the run. Yeah, maybe I don't know about that one, but I was thinking more. Uh, That's the most controversial take I've got. For, for, for sure. I don't know. Continue. That. Who do you guys want to diss that uh, worked with Tupac? Please, please go on. Well, fuck Mob Deep. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. No, no. <laughs> no, I like everyone. Everyone mentioned in that song. So it's yes, kinda... yes, yeah, yeah. He he calls out so many people on the East Coast by name. Mob Deep. Well, it's like, I mean, and again, just like I, I'm still getting clued in a bit to I, I know more of like the more recent stuff where like a lot of people pick fights with whoever's 
you know, king at the moment. Like Drake, who's pretty seems pretty easy to take shots at, and it's like very easy. <laughs> I was listening to you know that that common track, and he's just like, just to be clear, I'm talking about Drake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so great, even like on um, uh, what was it, Ether on Ether, like the the scratching of, on the beat is fuck Jay Z, fuck fuck Jay Z, and I'm just like, yo, right. Like, yo, I know you ain't talking about me, dog. You. What? You been on my dick, nigga. Yeah, like that 90s shit is of a different breed because they're just like, we are going to say your name. We are going to perform this song in your town. And like, we're going like. And I'm going to describe uh, my motive for if you get killed <laughs> in case, yeah. you know, anyone's wondering. <laughs> this is my confession. Admissible in court. I killed Darnell Simmons for sport. <laughs> That's right. I'm a murderer. Come get me. Yeah, the shit is wild. It's absolutely wild. That's why I'm like, okay, like, that's understandably why many MCs today have, like, dialed back. And because, like, we've seen the extreme lengths yeah. that it goes to when you're saying people's names and their mothers and their family we members. We know the worst <laughs> case like, scenarios. Yeah, it's just like, it was literally coast versus coast, which is kind of trippy to think about. Well, it's no. also like that Dave Chappelle sketch. Where with the unreleased Tupac track, is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, let's get right into this. So do you think Tupac's dead? He is chilling out there in uh, Barbados right now. <laughs> DJ wasn't to think about. <laughs> yeah, like that Tupac and Biggie, like, you know, they just made a shit ton of money and then retired somewhere together to hang out. That'd be so nice. That'd be such a satisfying narrative because, like, they were pretty good friends until, like, maybe someone shot you. Fuck you! Well, yeah, and, that's, and that's the thing, thing yeah. too, is, like, uh, this shit is it's so angry and so violent that, like, it almost, like, to me, I as assume a lot of it's just capitalism and, like, beef sells well. You know, it's the reason there's so many cows, you know, some people talk about <laughs> No, that's real. Like, I got it a second late and it was twice as funny. It's de it's, de it's destroying the greenhouse, <laughs> you know. The, 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 um, no, real talk, CO2. that shit sells records. Like, yeah. There's even, like, even, like, recently people have been talking about Takashi's label trying to bribe other MCs to, into, like, to into like, beefing with him. Like, into beefing with him and, like, Sending really? stuff on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so, like, clearly there's like manufactured beef. You know, the beef industry right. is real. You know, global and, warming, all that shit. I mean, that is was, out, is out there. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was almost like this, specifically because, you know, they were friends, they worked together. When I first heard about it, I would have assumed that it was manufactured beef because they're both, it's such a fascinating East Coast, West Coast rivalry is like a fascinating pop culture thing that was getting reported on like in the nightly news like it was a big deal as it was happening it's amazing yeah. pr and then but people died yeah that's so you the don't thing think it's you're... like a, a joaquin phoenix quitting acting to be a rapper <laughs> ruse right but and like i i don't mean to make too light of it because i i do think that would be like entertaining and beautiful in its own way like because i do find like that kind of marketing to be interesting but at the end people still died so it's yeah that's not the case i think it was like more genuine and then he's surrounded by well not he people are surrounded by people and so yeah you're you have a lot of input and a lot of energies in the room and so even going back into the 90s i was listening to like no vaseline and dr dre 
versus Easy E songs, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, like there's like clearly the anger from the person holding the microphone and doing the raps. Like 100% is like it feels real, but also you know there's other people involved, and it's like these are songs that played on the radio. Like hit them up. To answer the question, it's not a single, but it definitely played on the radio. It played in clubs, like it played around in California, mm-hmm. like a shit was a hit, and so people loved that. And so, is that not the definition of a single? <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. It's not categorized as a single, but I think it's a fucking okay. single. If yeah, someone drops a, a hip hop song and it dominates the conversation, then it's it's a single essentially. Yeah. It's like, I you know. I honestly thought the definition of a single was just anything that was released for radio play. I think that's probably the more technical and accurate term, and so especially if you get into the real like radio business, music business side of it, it's just like okay, what are which the... we're all in. Yeah, this yeah. is the radio business. I got I'm surrounded by, by plaques right now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but uh, yeah, in our video, it's got all of his uh, his Grammys and local radio Emmys. Yeah, this vintage. Yeah, my Peabody's. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I, I think it, Your Pulitzers. It would, I think it would be like grimly fascinating if that were the case but unfortunately i think the anger is so real that it like mm-hmm. it turns it into like a kind of unfortunate that's why i have a disclaimer i was like it really sucks that two black men had to lose their lives over this and so yeah like beef after that kind of like loosened up a little bit there's still like violence in hip-hop but as far as like beef songs they kind of like chilled up like famously jay-z was told by his mom to apologize to nas for a song because he mentioned <laughs> oh, that's crazy yeah because he mentioned his like mom or like there's like family members mentioned in his verse and jay-z's mom was like you took it too far <laughs> and they're like all right he calls him up and apologizes and so, apologize. yeah and so and even that story is all because of the vacuum left by Biggie being gone is like people mm-hmm. were like, okay, who's the king of New York right now? So it's just this braggadocious nature of hip hop back in those days was like, yeah, a part of that real fuel to the fire. So that shit is, yeah, it's like a good conversation, but definitely not a joke. It's for sure serious. So you mentioned other people escalating this whole thing. And there is one important person we haven't mentioned at all in the East Coast, West Coast feud. Ooh. Gavin, it's Gavin. We haven't talked about Gavin's role <laughs> in the East Coast, West Coast. Gavin. Do you do you know who Suge Knight is? I do. Yes. <laughs> Thomas knew but, that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but for but you know for the sake of the podcast, why don't you uh, tell everybody? <laughs> All right. So so I don't know I don't know the whole history of Suge Knight, but at this time he's the uh, president of Death Row Records, and he's more. <sighs> He's more known through anecdotes to me of, like, things he may or may not have done. He is right. the man who may or may not have held Vanilla Ice off of a balcony to get him to re-sign to Death Row. Uh, yeah. And I have to imagine in the background, like, Suge Knight, as a businessman, is well, yeah, he... <laughs> is pushing all the buttons to, to get this going. Yeah, that's another um, major part of the story. Actually, yeah, he, he's... He's a dude who like kind of strong armed his way into the music business, but yeah, his the particular part of the story that's like super super iconic is this moment at the Source Awards where they're I think it's in New York. Yeah, this is Source Awards that takes place in New York, and he gets up there and he's like dissing Bad Boy, and so yeah, it's also worth noting. Yeah, like there's this kind of color thing going on where there's like a lot of blues in New York and a lot of like reds. I don't want to say it's particularly a Crip versus blood thing, but it's certainly like mm-hmm. Tupac had like, you know, like him and Suge had like the, the fucking blood thing, the, the reds going on like a hundred percent. And so there's a lot of 
of that imagery. And so he's up there and he's kind of, he's got like his, you know, his red shirt on. He's like, you guys don't, you know, you don't fuck with death row. Like, no, that's what Snoop Dogg says. Sorry. Snoop Dogg says you guys don't fuck with death row after he wins later. But, uh, Suge basically calls out Puff Daddy. He's like, if you want to come to a record label where, you know, the guys and all danced in the videos, I'm like butchering it, but he's like, yeah, it's like, come over mm-hmm. here. Like we do real shit over here. Where and he's your like, producer this is, doesn't this force Puff- his way onto your record. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Biggie is uh, famous for having Puff Daddy on a lot of songs and, like, and yeah. a lot of like ad libs. And so he's like, if you want, if you don't want your producer all up in the video dancing around and stuff like that, come to death row. And so that was like a very public televised moment that also like pushed it a lot further. And Puff Daddy, for clarification, was producer at Bad Yeah, Bad Boy. Sorry. Bad Boy. Uh yep. East Coast where and worked with Biggie. Yeah. Just, just quote, clarifying. And then quote, 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 discovered him too, apparently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Puff Daddy, aka P. Diddy, aka uh Diddy. Probably some more things. Somewhere yeah. where I wasn't paying attention. You know, I've gotten so much of my information about this through like biopics that have been made through the years, and I want a Suge Knight biopic so bad. Yeah, <laughs> be most be... fascinating to me. But like, Biggie's had movies and TV shows. Uh, Pac has. None of them have been great. Like, I don't think Notorious or All Eyes on Me are particularly great movies. Yeah, they end up being kind of like Wikipedia articles that are authored through uh, like the estate of the the people they're subject about. Have I you think? seen Tupac Resurrection? No, no, I haven't. I would check that out. It's a documentary and it's like narrated by him and like his, through his words. And so you kind of get, Oh, like that's cool. A oh, structuring cool. of his life. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie that like that kind of, his life is so fascinating. His mom's yeah. a black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's fucking real. They were after him and his family. And so like, there's yeah. a lot of real anger that he was just like on the end of hit him up. He like, like you said, he like just goes off and it's just like, the fucking vent is fully lifted off and he's just like fuck everybody and it's just like it's absolutely brutal so fun this is one of the few songs that i prefer to listen to the edited version because it's just it's just so funny <laughs> to yeah, just hear that many words missing in a song they don't they don't take the way yeah. to like you couldn't just like create alternate lyrics for this whole song <laughs> oh hell no 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 that's it's a different <laughs> song at that point yeah yeah there's an anthology show called Unsolved, where the first season is about the uh, Tupac and Biggie murders, and it takes place mm-hmm. in a couple. It's three stories. It's uh, the immediate aftermath investigation of the shooting, and then the tale of like Tupac and Biggie as friends and then enemies, and then like a later police investigation. And, uh, and it's really good, and it's really great to see the arc of those characters who are also played by people who have mostly just played Biggie and Tupac in their career. They're basically just professional impersonators. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. But they look, it's, it is so uncanny and they've played the character long enough that it doesn't matter that they're not great actors because they're good at this one thing. Yeah. They've yeah. now, they now personify those, those two people in memoriam. Yeah. Have either of you seen that show? No, I've not. It's really good. I recommend it. Okay. Check it out. Check it out. I, I'm curious then, like, was this, this was your entry point to Tupac, Sage? Or were you listening so to So when I got, like, the best of Tupac uh, just album in middle school or whatever, this is what it ended on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this and was what, the one that I just ended up listening to the most because I, I'm still 
you know, 20 years later in awe that this song exists. Definitely, yeah. And just the brashness and the honesty and the rawness of it all. It's just, it's like a time capsule. Listening to older hip hop is really a trip because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you're you're hearing like just this unvented, unvented like feeling. And it's, yeah, I have yeah. a list of other diss songs that kind of even go further back. And it's just like, yeah, when they're saying the actual person's name, it definitely takes it to another level. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of surreal. Well, you mentioned Easy E and Dre, like which is another famous one when um, NWA broke up. Like yeah. there was a lot of bad blood for very you know good reasons. It looked like they yeah got and, fucked over. Yeah, and uh, in various directions too. Yeah, is, can you think of a, a time before that where, where like yeah? So for hip hop. I could be corrected, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, hip-hop historian, you know, call my phone right now if this is incorrect. <laughs> but I think it starts with The Bridge Is Over. It's a Boogie Down production song. Boogie Down Productions is a KRS-One, and I forget mm-hmm. his producer's name. But this is, like, some something in the 80s, like, late 80s, like, you know, golden age hip-hop, quote-unquote, like, when things are still, like, kind of in its raw, early, early, early stages. And so... Yeah, this this is the, the debate on where hip hop originated from, and so okay. it's yeah. it's uh, KRS One calling out uh, Marley Mar uh, Marley Mall. Uh, yeah, totally, yeah, I'm just gonna jumble that name up. Uh, Marley Mall, or yeah, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> I'm just butchering that name so badly, but yeah, he's from the Bronx. Boogie Down Bronx Productions is ca- calling out the entire neighborhood of Queens, saying like everyone over in Queens rapping is faking it. It started over here, and it's it's a funky song. I'd highly recommend it. I listen to that song like at least once every couple of weeks, just because. <laughs> I love that idea of like calling out the people on the other side of the bridge as posers. It's just like, you, you don't get to claim this. It was from a couple miles away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's for real. Back in those days. It's not days another when, coast. Yeah, no. It's another bank. Yeah, back in those days where like hip hop was like this mythical, like uncapturable thing. And so like to have like a record, like one of the first records to come out that's like, hey, that they're faking it over there. It's it's crazy iconic. It's it's a blast from the past. That's one of my favorite diss songs. Definitely top five. So that was probably more friendly to or not friendly, but it was like you're inauthentic, you're claiming something that's not yours, sit down. Where yeah. rather than dan- like I want to, I want, I'm gonna hunt you down and shoot you in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and it's like dancey. It's like upbeat. Like yeah. there's a lot of other uh, songs, even from like the Ice Cube and Dre era, that are just straight up G funk songs, and they slap. Right. They're they're like fun. You can put them on at a party if it's at a certain type of party. <laughs> but, you know, like yeah. hit them up is certainly like a headphones type of I'm about to box somebody <laughs> type of song. That's like that's it's 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 his own type of lane. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm glad you kind of decided to have this conversation because yeah like this songs are really really interesting and, and like in this one in particular i feel like is one of a kind well and that's yeah. kind of that history too of like you know earlier it's it's coming out of disco when like disco is still a bigger thing and like g-funk is pulling from like 
the funk and blue eyed soul and like just soul music um, got into, you know, Biggie had like a pretty smooth sound, but like Tupac's was a little harder edged in general from my understanding, which again is limited, but. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more grittiness to it. Yeah. It's like an uncontainable kind of energy when you listen to him rap. I know there's a, there's a, like a lot of looseness to 90s hip hop where I feel like people are kind of offbeat sliding around and kind of, you know, just jumbling words together. Yeah. But Tupac always felt slightly on the more precise side and like, I don't know, maybe it's because he has more poetic roots, but yeah, his... His flow was like really dope, especially on the song uh, "Bomb First. Um, but like he has like a flow in that that is just like super modern, like some shit that you could totally imagine on like a twenty twenty song, like towards the end of it, where he's just kind of like really leaning into the beat. And so yeah, his vocal delivery is just I don't know, it's fantastic. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> well, you mentioned <laughs> no, I mean you mentioned also that like he was just in there continuously in in the studio just recording. And, like, I'm pretty curious because, again, like, the production on his album sounds a little, you know, it sounds different than the stuff that came before it. And part of it is, like, it is pointed. It is, you know, heavier in certain respects, whereas, like, the East Coast style is a little bit more laid back feeling, again, to my limited understanding. But um, I wonder how much of that is that he was just working off different beats and then, you know, to take this and, like, produce it and see where it goes. And they had, like, his you know, kind of more precise delivery to build a beat around if it wasn't going straight to the beat. I agree with that. Yeah, I think he's kind of like, I don't want to say plateau isn't the right word for it, but he's, he was like, you know, just coasting at this very high level. Uh, I kind of compare, you ever watched Dragon Ball Z back in the day? <laughs> no. There's <laughs> uh, this point where they like... If we had, this... we would have done a podcast about it. <laughs> oh, oh, totally. <laughs> Call me for it. Call me for it. But yeah, there's a level where they like go Super Saiyan and they're like at a stronger, yeah. higher level, but then they like, if you're able to control it, you're just like at a higher level and you're just staying there. And it's just like, you're even stronger. And I feel like Tupac was in that mode when he <laughs> got bailed, he got bailed out by, by Suge Knight. And, uh, I forget the other dude's name, but they bailed him out. They, Vanilla it, was like, it was like 2 million or something like that. And they bailed him yeah. out and then he literally went right into the studio. And so like, yeah, that's like literally like putting a battery into your back and be like, all right. Like, and, and that's what he did. He went in and it was just, was at a sustained level and just like produced some like some incredible music, one of a kind. Yeah, legendary. It's, it's so hard to wrap my head around working that hard. Like this mm -hmm. is our second podcast today, and I am exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, your your anger is really coming through, but like, uh, we'll, we'll oh, get yeah. the producers behind you to. It's to about to explode. If we could channel <laughs> this into something. Ooh, Bro, wait. and it's is not even a joke. Even like in rap studios, when it's just like. Fools smoking and just uh -huh. kicking it and just all day. It's just, it can get exhausting. So yeah, to, to to be like the focal point of that and his energy was like unreal and like people were like it was infectious and like you know that's how the outlaws kind of got dragged into the song. Well, not dragged in, but you know they were probably <laughs> as juiced up because you know if you're around yeah. someone that iconic and legendary who's like. I'm going against an entire coast. Are you with me? You're not. It's like, you can't say no. You know, this is war. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's like, and that's unfortunately they call it the uh, death row curse or like a lot of people in that video mm -hmm. aren't even alive anymore. You'd mentioned the Nas Jay-Z kind of filling Biggie's vacuum. And yeah. I kind of want to just kind of go through how specifically Biggie and Tupac's death may have changed that type of record making. Like, because 
Death Row and Bad Boy were st- are I think they're one of them's not still around, but they were both lasted long after uh, both of the, their deaths. If I'm yeah, Death Row. Yeah, uh, Death Row. I think is folded at this point. I I could be totally wrong. It might be like under another owner, but yeah, yeah like they were the top of the top on their perspective coasters. And I think what you're getting at, yeah, it's like they sort of faded after these things happened. They kind of this was like their moment in the spotlight, and after that, it kind of it it really changed everything after like after that ninety six ninety seven period. It like yeah, it was like the equivalent of you know Kurt Cobain being gone from yeah. the jump that the uh, grunge genre and everything yeah. kind of changing after that. It was their uh, their last dance, if you will. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. That was a reference to a, a Michael Jordan documentary. So I apologize for my nose giggle because <laughs> Sage Shove. Was either Nas or Jay-Z at Bad Boy or like what? Because I know Pete, no. uh, Puff Daddy stayed relevant for a long time afterwards. Thomas, yeah, can you no. draw us a map? Just like a map <laughs> yeah, no, with they, like pins. They were not. I'm just trying to place like how this changed. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of other diss tracks in the direct aftermath. Like you had mentioned that. Jay-Z apologized to Nas, kind of squ- squashing that beef. And I know that there were, like, rap, like, uh, what do you call them? Like, meetings with everyone to try and chill everything out. Yeah, that uh, was a little bit, um, that was kind of before. So, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to mess up the timeline too much. But basically, <laughs> after Tupac is shot and killed in fucking Las Vegas, like, there's a really grim feeling on the West Coast. And so... Biggie's still around. He's like, yo, like I didn't have any involvement in it. I did. I'm not involved, but still he winds up getting shot in like 97. And so after that, they start having peace summits and like, like big names in hip hop kind Mm -hmm. of meet up to be like, okay, this has kind of gone too far. Kind of recognize that this loss is fucking not worth it. And so like, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to look at it and kind of giggle at it, but it, it, it really changed things. And like, it was very devastating. And so after that, the the conversation changed. I I can't speak too much on it because I wasn't there. But as far as I know, as far sure. as the diss song narrative goes, like in New York now that Biggie's gone, there is a power struggle for who is like the dopest MC. And so Jay Z kind of has ties to Biggie, so he like knows him, gives him some shout outs, and so there's some connection there. And then there's there's all these other kind of individual people like Mob Deep comes up a lot but they're not they're not on Bad Boy Mob Deep is kind of their own thing too and so mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of parties involved but it kind of all winds up in Jay-Z sending some shots out to Nas and then later Nas fires back then Jay-Z fires back and then it's squashed well and then it also kind of the scene, the scene became a little bit more democratized in terms of or not democratized but like spread out because at first, it was really more after like being originated in New York, West Coast exploded. New York kind of got reinvented with Bad Boy. And then after this is when I'm maybe mistaken again, but like Crunk comes on the scene. So the South becomes kind of a powerhouse. Um, I think that's still a little bit later. A little later. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe like later as in like f- is short as like five years later. It's, a th- okay. it's like with – the thing about hip hop, like the things get kind of more that go from like almost like a two or three year chunk. It's really strange. Like after the amount of eras are like really strange. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah like because Biggie and Puffy are technically part of this, like towards the end, like the shiny suit era of like 
is kind of flashy. You know, he's got big cars. He's got a lot of money. You know, that's one of the things where they're like, oh, it's getting really flashy. And uh, Puffy was getting kind of really flashy with it. And then there's like a revolt and there's more underground stuff. And then, you know, there's also outcast is happening at the same time. And, you know, that happens before Krunk shows up. And so, yeah, then right. <laughs> there's a lot of like timelines in different places that get kind of kind of tangled with each other. Okay, so now stage back to what you were talking about. It's more modern modern uh, diss tracks. Like, I remember famously, recently, Eminem was trying to, like, do Kamikaze, and that was, like, a big thing that kind of... I don't know if that worked for him too well. Oh, goodness. That whole thing is ridiculous, because that's all about... Yeah, it involves Nick Cannon, <laughs> Mariah Carey, Eminem. My favorite thing, especially when we compare it to what we've been talking about the whole time in the 90s. Like, all of this is so... Do you guys know about Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth talking about some more modern, less uh, morose beefs because they're fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like I mentioned the Takashi thing. The Eminem one is kind of it's mm-hmm. on its own kind of weird level because it's all like <laughs> semi-personal because it's like, oh, you like took my ex-girlfriend kind of thing. My favorite one as of recently is B.O.B. dissing Neil deGrasse Tyson on the song Flatline. Oh, B. Yeah, B. that's my B. favorite B. diss track. <laughs> it's my favorite diss track of all time. It's a diss against, like, science. Yeah, it's like, yo, you're calling out a scientist and physicists <laughs> and in <laughs> the earth like it was just yeah yeah it was like B.O.B. is famous famously a flat earther is that right? yeah yeah <laughs> and it's, it's one of those intersections of like people styling them as themselves as free thinkers that i guess that means you have to ignore science he had like a gofundme for a while where he was trying to get his own weather satellite up so he would have his own data to prove if or or, or if not the earth wasn't flat and did not Get finished. Uh, God, I like B.O.B. so much. And the fact that he's just insane does not affect my opinion of him (laughs) at all. Yeah, that was was like a really interesting moment when I was like, damn, this guy is kind of off his rocker a little bit. And, you know, you got to be a little bit crazy to make a song like Airplanes, I guess. So I'm like, why not? So so what is that what does that entail when BOB is taking shots at Neil deGrasse Tyson? What does that look like, Sage? Oh. Uh, this yes, is where I drop doing. a little yes, bit of yes, yeah. yeah. As the as our resident BOB expert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll play it right now and we'll just listen along and take notes. Yeah. You ain't seen my best. Checkmate. In a game of chess. Globalist. See me as a threat. Free thinking, got a world at my neck, huh? And my paranoid picture, Malcolm X in a room full of pigs, trying not to bust a sweat. Hey, Neil Tyson need to loosen up his vest. They probably write that man one hell of a check. Hey, I'm over here on this side of town. Come on over, 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 over here, try to clown. Listen to it right before, yeah. It's really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, it's super silly. Common sense. Why is NASA part Department of Defense? They divided up the seas into 33 degrees, feeding kids masonry. Bro, be careful what you read. Flatline, flatline. There's no superior bloodline. But what is the context? Like, what does that look like? You're well. It started on you're, Twitter. You're making shit up. Okay. Yeah, it started on Twitter, and then um, as as most rap beefs do nowadays, I just yeah. Well, that is literally what I was getting at with Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. This is my yeah. favorite when you a b the the MGK Eminem feud to uh, Tupac and Biggie. Like one of those started because one of them thinks the other one was complicit in shooting him, and the mm-hmm. other one is Machine. I have the tweet up here. 
Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> tweets in 2012, Okay, so I just saw a picture of Eminem's daughter, and I have to say, she is hot as fuck. In the most respectful way possible, because M is king. Yeah. What, and then what, 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 shots fired. Why would yeah, you well, do that? And then years later, yeah, we have like seven awful rap songs because of that tweet. It's just <laughs> it's it's really unfortunate because yeah, a lot of diss songs of very modern days like aren't funky. They're like they're not very good. That's the thing I like about the ones in the nineties. They're like G funk. They're like they're like songs mm-hmm. you could theoretically play in a club. You know, they're like poppy kind of kind of jams. But now we have these ones that are like. A little bit more like subliminal and they're like trying really hard to be dancey like back to back and like i remember when that came yeah. out everyone was like all over it but i was just like this is like fucking silly like it's just like yeah we don't all really like drake this much do we oh man oh man oh man yeah trigger fingers turn to twitter fingers yeah you getting body by a singing nigga rap <laughs> devil's another example of that uh, eminem's rap god uh Everything Eminem yeah. puts out now will have like some lines of diss because that's always been who Eminem is. But it's not a, it's not a straight up diss song. And MGK responds to that with "Rap Devil," which is just a bad song because like if yeah. you if you get in a diss battle with Eminem, you're you're gonna lose. Eminem's not even at the top of his game as an artist anymore, but he's still an angry man who is good at feuding. <laughs> yeah, and he's still you know you can argue his level in the game or whatever. But as far as a person who can put words together, oh, don't, don't approach him. Yeah. It's not worth it. Cause like he is like, he's a, he's a crazy person when it yeah. comes to putting words together. There's no one quite like him. And that's one thing like I like about him so much is, yeah, it's just, it's rapidy rap, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely like rap, like rap God is a absolutely just insane song that you and I yeah. cannot listen to under any other circumstances besides, Oh, I just want to hear somebody rap something insane. Like, yeah. Same with like, uh, that last verse in Godzilla where he beat his own record for just being too, too fucking fast. It's just yeah. too fast. 100% of you was a fifth of a percent of me. I'm about to fucking finish you, bitch. I'm available. You want to battle? I'm available. I'm blowing up like an inflatable. I'm undebatable. I'm unavoidable. I'm unavailable. I'm on the toilet wall. I got a trailer full of money and I'm paid for. I'm not afraid to pull them. Man, stop. Yeah, just, just. It's like, we get just, it. You did it. What? Um, yeah, just wild. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys want to get in a feud with Eminem right now? How do we do this? Oh, please, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need that kind of heat. Yeah. Have you ever been in a battle rap feud? Yeah, I've only rap battle rapped uh, seriously one time. Uh, it was at my first concert, uh, not my first concert, one of my first concerts down in Santa Cruz with my group Blaze Wave. I had ended up doing a battle, and it was it was very strange because it wasn't with another actual like rapper. It was just with someone who really, really, really wanted to battle rap, and I was like, I'm just on stage here to do a set, and they're like, Well, I want to battle rap you, and so it ended up in a battle situation. And so I mentioned cry? to Gavin. Yeah, no, he didn't cry, but he's he's a good sport. He was he's a good sport. But um, I was gonna say uh, I, I appreciate ciphering. I talked to Gavin about this way back in the day, SFSU days, oh, yeah. where we talk about battling. And I was uh, up and coming MC, and uh, had many opportunities to battle. And I was always saying I'd rather cipher instead. And I still yeah. kind of stand by that. Where like these diss songs, like Hit 'Em Up and Bomb First, or you know, like no Vaseline or whatever, like all these songs can be really entertaining, but hearing these people rap together is always better. And so like, if you can listen mm-hmm. to like the final freestyle or something like that, like it's 
beautiful to hear Biggie and Tupac rap together versus rapping against each other. Homies out here like Spike Lee, they got the camera on the nigga, guess they like me. But now I'm about to pass this motherfucker on cause uh, this Tangeray is getting hella uh, strong. Uh, uh, money holes and clothes, blood smoke coming out the nose, is all a nigga knows, flipping on foes, putting tags on toes. That's one thing, if the viewers walk away with this, I just want to say, yo, listen to the final freestyle if you can because it's dope to hear them like just rock all of Madison Square Garden together, like off the top of the dome. Like it's it's really beautiful. I've never heard that. I gotta check that out. I forgot to send that one, but yeah, I'll, I'll send that one in the in the chat too because it's a YouTube only song. It's not on any streaming services. You just gotta okay. like. Like I prefer Decipher over Battle back then. The thing that you mentioned is like, there's just some stuff you can't take back. <laughs> yeah, and and it's just like. You know, yeah, some of the shit they're saying is, like, there's a line. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's moving. But, like, you know, you, you can't take what you say back. And especially if it's being cemented on a, like, as these people were doing, like, cementing it on a track and putting it out for general consumption. Uh, yeah. CDs, as we all know, made out Absolutely. of cement. Yeah. Because so. they're the hardest. They're the hardest. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the East Coast. I always show, show some love to the East Coast because some yeah. of my favorite rappers are from the East Coast. Like Tupac. Born in Manhattan. That is so true. Yeah, he, he's he is of he is for sure like of a lot of different areas. He's yeah, a little bit of west, a little bit of east. He's got he's got a good vibe. Gavin, um, we've managed to talk around hit him up more than we've talked about it. Do you have questions <laughs> about this specific song? Because when I, mean, I pitched this song to you, you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't hit him high off the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, which I kind of thought you were talking about for a second there. Nah. <laughs> Different vibe. Different vibe. <laughs> it it sounds like it, it fits into the narrative that, like, I'd not invested in yet, but, like, had heard, you know, like, before Tupac showed up at Coachella, like, I hadn't seen him perform, really, which is really sad. Um, that I saw a hologram version of him. Well, he's really been in Barbados. Iconic. Actual music videos of him or stuff. Iconic. Yeah. Um, to me, like, I, I just don't really know enough about who Tupac was to, like, know where in this career this song was. But so to me, it was just kind of like a sheer of, like, show of force. It's just like, damn, okay, yeah, that's a lot. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Do you like this more or less than Bust a Move? <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, for everyday consumption, maybe not. <laughs> you don't uh, you like know. when they play this at a wedding? <laughs> I'm debating which of them I'd rather, like, make breakfast to. <laughs> yeah, it's a very contextual diss song. Because there's some diss song. Like I say, you can play back-to-back -back at a party, and that's totally fine. That's not going to make anybody look at you funny. This one will definitely give you some dirty, some, some interesting looks. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite Tupac movie? Have you seen anything he's done as an actor? Juice. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any of his films, actually. I, I knew he had a, a, a career, but yeah. I, guess, I would check out Juice. Fascinating talent. Like, he's just comfortable on screen. I know you've seen him in the uh, the Humpty Hump music video. <laughs> we got through a whole <laughs> yeah. Tupac episode and didn't mention that he started with uh, Digital, Digital, Digital Underground. Underground? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That, which is like when you find out Young MC wrote for Tone Loke. It's like, I, I guess that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Yeah, let's think about that early age. They like they all kind of knew each other. They were all just like 
in similar circles. It's hard to believe yeah. that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe that in Gotta, any way Humpty Hump gave birth to hit him up. <laughs> well, and especially like, yeah, he's, he's a dancer in that. And like yeah. to, to be like attempting to make, you know, rent as a dancer and then to become one of the most prominent and memorable MCs in history. It's pretty incredible. You start yeah. just backing up, you know, backup dancing for Humpty Hump. Yeah, I'm saying my boy was a Gemini. It's very multifaceted. <laughs> the more, the, like, I know it's kind of silly to mention, but, like, the more you kind of look into his career, you can see that, like, yeah, he will make, you know, I forget the name of the movie, um, ah, with him with Janet Jackson. Um, but he has, like, yeah, like, you'll do, like, a romantic movie, like, with. It's poetic justice. Poet, yeah, he'll do, like, poetic justice and do something like that. And, like, Brenda ha- Brenda's got a baby or, you know, like, he has yeah. the ability to kind of. Well, and that's also Do like something. You know. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, hit him up is kind of interesting because it is just it's so extreme in like its verbal execution of someone mm-hmm. else that like it, it kind of yeah it makes it hard to believe that yeah this person can have like a romantic comedy kind of movie in his same career and also the repertoire more yeah. yeah more like poetic type of beats and so it's it's crazy yeah it's. His his career is like one of the most fascinating ones out there. Yeah, I mean, as like as much as I love him as an artist, like I've got a bummed I didn't get to see more Tupac movies because his last movie that came out posthumously, Gridlocked, it's so mm-hmm. good. It's like a screwball comedy where he and Tim Roth play junkies and they try to get their <laughs> act together, but it's like very strange tone. Uh, Tandy Newton's yeah, in that it. Sounds, it's great. That sounds great. Check that movie out. I'm recommending it having not seen it in 15 years, so, like, don't actually take my recommendation, but know that it exists and make your own judgments. I might borrow that and take that to my podcast (laughs) and make my homie watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mostly just know him for, like, he was thought of as, like, really smart and, like, actually a strong, well-learned, like, poet, you know? And, um, but, like, and it's interesting you get that, that, those two sides of it, like romantic comedies and then hit them up. And it's like the same where it's like, you know, ice cube, he's going to, he's going to write, fuck the police, but he's also going to make, are we there yet? And the third yeah. in that trilogy. Well, I would, I think it's worth saying that, that those things didn't happen concurrently. Like he got, <laughs> he got to, to, are we there yet? Far, far later in his career. And that probably because of events like this, where, you know, it's just like, you know, he mm-hmm. had beef and was calling people out by name. And then just like, you see these icons kind of disappear and it's just like, well, fuck, I might as well make a family movie because I don't want to <laughs> have to be in this, like this, this shitty world. And I yeah. also am on Wikipedia right now. And apparently Tupac hosted SNL at one point, which I'm going to go watch what? immediately oh, after wow. this. Hosted? Yeah. 96. Oh my God. Guest host. Like, like not, now. not just the musical act or maybe also the musical act. I had no idea. Um, next year he was a musical guest, but yeah. I, I Wait, so he hosted before it. he was a musical guest? I, what? Might have been promoting one of those movies. <laughs> yeah, know. like, the, yeah, yeah, because Poetic yeah. Justice came out in 93, so, like, and Juice was 92, so he was for sure, like, yeah. Yeah. Walking yeah, that yeah. red carpet. I definitely, Dang. Gavin, I would go check out any of those movies. Dang it, Sage and Gavin, now you put me on this Tupac kick again. Now I'm about to go back and... <laughs> it's about time. You are welcome. Back into Enjoy Tupac my annual the rest of Tupac quarantine. binge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So when do you guys think Tupac's gonna release a new album? Fuck, <laughs> that would that'd be so great for 2020, <laughs> like... right? I had that on my 2020 bingo new Tupac album. Oh boy, fuck, that'd be. So... 
So I, I, I guess this is where we, 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 um, evaluate. Are we talking about this? I guess we're just, just, just saying, talking about the song. Oh yeah, up. hit him up. The song we've kind of talked about in this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> is this, is this track still good? Is it better as a memory? Melody. Or is it something we should take around back and, uh, bury and never speak of again. Don't ask if we should murder a Tupac song, Kevin. <laughs> Has he already murdered trouble. it, or is it... <laughs> Just kidding. Asking for trouble. So Much love and respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I- I'm gonna go ahead and say, like, you know, I hadn't heard the song, I don't think, before you sent it to me, Sage. The energy that he exudes throughout this entire track is great. I don't actually think the rappers around him on it are... You know, I think they all... Are fine. He's definitely the best, you know, but like yeah. he's too popular. Oh, definitely. What do you expect? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was never any doubt in my mind that he was going to be overshadowed by someone else on this track. So that, <laughs> or, you know, the wording, but. Um, yeah, whichever one makes the most sense. We got you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still good. He's obviously well remembered for his incredible and obvious talent. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, song's still good. Song would be better if it was just all Tupac on the verses. And if you want to check it out, like there is that original version exists that is still a diss track, but it's much different. Like he recorded something and I think Biggie went out and said some shit. He's like, all right, now I'm going to come back a lot harder. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's the same beat, but it's, nice. it's much different. Uh, song's still good. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, uh, I not too, uh, I wasn't too familiar with it growing up, but revisiting it as a hip hop fan, I'm like, yeah, it's still good. I think it gets better every time, especially considering it has a music video, which a lot of diss songs don't have. And so uh-huh. it just like, it's, it's kind of, like I say, it's one of a kind. It's, it's on a whole nother level. All right, Thomas, where can we find more of your stuff on the internet? Uh, you can check me out on Instagram, Al Patron. From there, you can find links to all of my stuff. I got some blogs out there, YouTube videos, music. Whatever tastes you fancy, I got it for you. <laughs> how, how much? I like that yawning confidence. <laughs> how much would Takashi 6ix9ine's people need to pay you to uh, take a shot? Oh, Jesus. I wouldn't do it because it's just not worth it. I don't even... <laughs> I even regret <laughs> saying his name twice already because, yeah, like I, if you uh, say just, it too many times, he does appear behind you. Like, well, I, I believe that. it. I believe it. He <laughs> shows up in your neighborhood. Uh, Is there a rapper uh, named Candyman? There's got to be right. That's such a good rap name. You it's can't not. see it, but I'm shaking my fist at the sky right now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am very excited for the new Candyman, but that's unrelated. Uh, Sage, same question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, where, where... <laughs> where can you find my rap so... on the internet? <laughs> I do have a, uh, I don't even know if I want to promote that. I found some electronic music, uh, that I made in high school. And if I can find my friends rapping, I'll put that on too. But there's a SoundCloud that I don't have the name of, but I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you can find me at Gavin V. Murray on Instagram and us at Still Good Pod. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. If you find at hold for plane, you can uh, probably get some primo pictures of my cats coming up. Hey, get off the <laughs> oh, keyboard. It's worth shouting out. <laughs> Check out the upcoming Vague Zone podcast coming soon. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. This was your chance to plug your podcast at our podcast. <laughs> you know, that was a, a vague plug for a vague, vague I'm podcast. To, I'm trying to make <laughs> podcasts like 
rap in the 90s where there's just posse cuts and everybody's just <laughs> podcasting with each other, you know, <laughs> ten, oh, 10 people deep. It's just like, how many hosts are on this podcast? How many coasts are on this podcast? Right you let in, us know we're there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right into at Still Good Pod if you know a podcast that we should get in a in a feud with. We'll, we'll, we're pretty docile. No. All right. A catch cipher. <laughs> no battles. Only ciphers. <laughs> yes. Cipher. Cipher. Yes. To to cipher with and collaborate and uh, and feud. I want a feud. Now you tell me who won. I see them. They run. <laughs> they don't want to see us. Old Junior Mafia clique dressing up trying to be us. How the fuck they gonna be the mob when we always on our job? We millionaires, killing ain't fair, but somebody gotta do it. Oh yeah, mob deep. <laughs> you wanna fuck with us, you little young ass motherfuckers? Don't one of you niggas got sickle cell or something? You fuck with me, nigga? You fuck around, have a seizure, a heart attack? You better back the fuck up before you get smacked the fuck up. It's how we do it on our side. Any of you niggas from New York that wanna bring it, bring it. But we ain't singing, we bringing drama. Fuck you and your motherfucking mama. We gonna kill all you motherfuckers. Now when I came out, I told you it was just about Biggie. Then everybody had to open their mouth with a motherfucker opinion. Well, this is how we gonna do this. Fuck Mob Deep. Fuck Biggie. Fuck Bad Boy as a staff, record label, and as a motherfucking crew. And if you want to be down with Bad Boy, then fuck you too. Chino XL, fuck you too. All of y'all motherfuckers, fuck you. Die slow, motherfucker. My fofo make sure all y'all kids don't grow. You motherfuckers can't be us or see us. Motherfucking thug life riders west side till we die. Out here in California, nigga, we warn you, we'll bomb on you motherfuckers. We do our job. You think you mob, nigga, we the motherfucking mob. Ain't nothing but killers and the real niggas, all you motherfuckers fill us. Our shits go triple and four quadruple. You niggas laugh cause our staff got guns in they motherfuckers' belts. You know how it is when we drop records, they fell. You niggas can't feel it, we the realest. Fuck them, we bad boy killers.